Join Media Village for Advancing Diversity Week, beginning September 20th, featuring panels of media, advertising, marketing, and entertainment professionals for four days of open dialogue focused on advancing diversity, from advocacy and activism to inclusion and belonging. Head to advancingdiversity.org to register. Welcome to Multicultural TV Talk with MediaVillage.com. I am your host, Juan Ayala. Thanks for tuning in. Now let's get to talking. Today, I am honored to be joined by a fantastic group of people for our very first Latinx Actors Roundtable in honor of Hispanic Heritage Month. I'd like to welcome our guest, host of Telemundo's Radar 2021, Gabriela Fresquez. From Netflix and Pop TV's One Day at a Time and star of the upcoming HBO Max series, Head of Class, Isabella Gomez. From the upcoming Netflix film, No One Gets Out Alive, Cristina Rodlo. And from the upcoming CBS comedy, Ghosts, Roman Zaragoza. Thank you all so much for joining me today. So there was a study done in 2019 that took the top 100 grossing films each year from 2017 to 20, uh, sorry, from 2007 to 2018. And found that only 4.5% of all speaking roles went to Latinx actors. In 2015, we made up 17.6% of the population. So there's a very clear imbalance there. With that, I will start with a simple question for all of you. Is now a good time to be a Latinx actor? Gabriela, I'd love to start with you. And now is the best time to be a Latinx actor. Honestly, um, I think there's such a spotlight on our community. I mean, even just looking at the results of the census data that we just saw, we are the fastest growing population in the United States. And I feel like in recent years, we are getting, we're really getting seen on a new level with so much wonderful content um, that is actually created and driven by Latinx creators. So I feel like there is such a, a gap that is needed to be filled by a lot of great content that we're seeing. And um, yeah, I feel like now is like, now is a great time. <laughs> Isabella, what do you think? I think it's a great time to be a Caucasian actor per usual. <laughs> I think that that's where the roles mostly go and that's where the good writing mostly goes. And I do absolutely agree with Gabriela that there has been a shift and that there are more Latinx creators heading projects and therefore there are better roles for us and roles that seem more nuanced and that um, are more layered and represent us a little bit more accurately. But I don't know that those numbers have gone up a ton and it is such a bummer because I feel like we are such an incredible community, not only within like our acting, but our stories and how much we have to bring to the table. And so, although it is moving forward, I um, I do hope for a day where we're a little bit more even. And Christina, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I agree with Isabella. I think there's, there's too much pressure to be a Latinx right now because of what you just said, you know, like there's, we're so many people in the States and we are the ones who go and see a movie in the movie theater so it's like in the heights with so much pressure when happens whatever happens then it's our blame you know but that doesn't happen when um whatever education film comes out there's no they don't have that pressure because they have so many films coming out so i don't know i don't i don't think i mean yeah, it's great to be a Latinx, but I think the, the moment the industry changes, the moment the industry uh, stops um, putting stereotypes on everyone, then in this world, you know? 
and Roman. What do you think? Um, well, firstly, it's just uh, an honor to be here. So thanks for having me, Juan. I, um, I, I, so I identify as mixed race. So I have a, uh, a diverse background with my uh, on my father's side, where I'm a descendant of the, or I'm of I'm of Akuma Otham and Mexican descent on my father's side, and then my mom's from Japan and her family is from Taiwan. So um, it's been an interesting journey in my career, but you know, also seeing the you know representation in the latinx uh, communities and especially on, on screen has been uh you know it's it's getting better my dad is an actor too and he's been an actor for geez uh, over 35 years and to see his career you know playing um very stereotypical uh latinx people uh characters and native characters um and i feel like there has been kind of switching you can definitely see the Characters are being the characters he plays are more three dimensional, uh, which is exciting. Like he was just in the Forever Purge uh, that came out. I'm not sure who who saw that, and uh, you know it was amazing to see like Tenoch Huerta and Ana de la Reguera in that movie, and and to to see them spotlighted. Of course, you know it, it, there, there's still so much more to do, um, but I think things are starting to get better. But there's always more um, more that we can do. And I, and I think the most important thing that I'm excited to see now is to see more representation behind the camera, more representation in the writer's room. Because when you have people who are of a certain culture and certain race writing for these actual these actors who are of their race and their their culture that is when things actually can change you know when someone who's white is like oh i want to make a diverse film and i'm going to make someone i'm going to make a mexican character in this i'm going to have an asian character in this it's like well yeah but do you even know how to write for someone that is of this race and this culture it's uh um so i think that's really important and um so i'm excited to see the um you know that change as well yeah absolutely that's something that um definitely needs to happen in terms of representation, like you said, not just in front of the camera, but also behind um, and also at the executive level, the people that greenlight these projects, you know, writers can write all the scripts they want, but it really has to start at the top. The people that give this approval really have to be sort of leading the charge. And, and that's definitely a change that we're slowly starting to see. Of course, they can't just fire everyone and clean house and hire a whole diverse team. So baby steps, but we're, we are getting there, thankfully. So seeing as the entertainment industry is already so competitive, were any of you ever discouraged from pursuing an active an acting career because of your Latinx identity? Uh, Isabella, let's start with you. No, I, I never had that experience, but I'm also incredibly white passing. And uh, until I was cast on one day at a time, I don't think the industry really uh, knew that I was Latina. And so I never had that experience, thankfully. And Cristina, what about you? No, I, I never had that experience either. No. Roman, given your mixed heritage, did you ever experience any sort of discouragement? Well, I, I, honestly, for me, the interesting part about like my mixed uh, background is, or I guess it's more about how I present, you know, I've, when I had shorter hair, when I was younger, I would only go out for Asian roles. Like that was it. I would not go out for anything else. And then start growing out my hair and everyone's like, Oh, look, he's native American. Um, and then, um, but it's been interesting. Like I will audition for, you know, characters that are Latinx, but I'm usually not, I'm not usually cast because I don't fit the, um, the box that a lot of, you know, mostly like studio execs or directors see as, Latino, you know, and mm -hmm. even though I grew up with my elite, I grew up making tamales with her. I grew up, you know, my family like speaking Spanish, like and and um, and you know, trying to trying to show like, hey, I am Latino, 
but you might not think that I am. And so it's been an interesting uh, thing to navigate in that department. But yeah, I, 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 um, I, I don't usually play Latinx characters, so I can't really say too much about that. Um, and, uh, but I want to play more. I definitely want to play, I want to play characters that really identify, that I identify with more. And, uh, and I'm seeing a change as well. So that's nice. And Gabriela, what's your experience been? I have never been discouraged from uh, pursuing acting because of my Latinx identity. I've been discouraged for every other reason, <laughs> for it being an impractical career and, and incredibly challenging and for having conservative Mexican Latino parents that are like, you're crazy, you're, you know, like get a real degree, uh, which I actually did go to school for journalism and, um, and then right back, went right back into acting as soon as I graduated. So yeah, definitely had nothing to do with my Mexican American heritage and more to do with just the, the challenging nature of the career and coming from a culture where it was always about, you know, being the doctor or the lawyer, something, uh, you know, pursuing something more practical. Yeah. Being the child of immigrants uh, who came from El Salvador, dad is landscaper, mom cleans houses, telling them, I want to be an actor, all this you built for me, or I want to be a host, I want to be a writer. They're just like, all this hard work and you're going to go struggle for a living. It's like, well, how dare you? <laughs> the nerve. Uh, so as it is Hispanic Heritage Month, uh, a time when historically several Central and South American countries declared their independence, it's now a time dedicated to cultural celebration. So in honor of that, um, do any of you recall a performance or character you saw in which you first felt represented? I will share quickly for me. Finally, it was when I saw Coco for the first time. I'm like, that's my family right there. <laughs> uh, Christina, let's start with you. Uh, yeah, I mean, Coco definitely uh, in the heights for sure. Um, it's it's sad that I'm. I have to think about this. It's really sad, and um, that's what it needs to change. It's just weird. I mean, to to me, what really happens? I see a film, and I don't see. I don't see the stereotypes. You know, I don't see white blacks. Mexicans, Asians, I just see a film and if I relate to it, then I get, I, I get connected to it. So I think the moment, the moment we start changing our, our mindset, then we're going to create films for everyone. We're, we're not going to divide ourselves. And okay, so this film is for Latinos. This film is for uh, African-Americans. And the, the white film is for everyone, you know, because that's, that's how it is. So the moment we change mm. that, then it's like we're going to create films for everybody when, where everybody is going to start to feel like, are going to identify with the film. So to me, because I grew up in an environment where, where I didn't understand racism, I was like, oh, I look like that one, even though I did it. You know, like to me, it was like, that's how it is. Uh, and then I understood racism when I, when I came to the States. And that's the truth. Then I was like, oh. I'm not like that. <laughs> I'm Mexican. I'm brown, mm. you know? So then my mindset changed. Uh, so, so yeah, I felt identified with so many films that were not uh, Latinx. Yeah, coming, just thinking of, of films and whatnot, no one is saying, this is a film that represents Irish, Amer or Irish Americans or anyone. It's like, like, I forget who said earlier, but there isn't that pressure on those projects to like, this one project represents everybody, especially Latinx. We're white, we're black, we're brown, we're from all over. There's 
Asian Latinx and indigenous Latinx. Yeah, just uh, completely agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just look at the people that we have here. Like we all look different and we're all Latinos. I was going to say, I definitely have to go with Selena from the 90s. Um, I mean, it couldn't have been more on the nose for me. It was a Mexican-American woman. Um, my dad's from Texas, um, Chicana, uh, struggling, you know, with being bilingual and navigating those two cultures. And I still like, I get tingly when I think of that speech, um, you know, that almost gives about, you know, we have to watch Oprah and Christina and all of that, because I, it was just, that was the first time I was, somebody just nailed it. And I think it's, that's why it's such an iconic film for so many reasons um, and, and loved by so many people universally. But for me, it was like, it just couldn't have been more, uh, I didn't, I couldn't have identified more with it. And Roman, what about you? You know, it's an interesting question. I, I was like really thinking about this and same as like Christina, I was like, oh man, I have to really think about this. Um, because of course, you know, being someone of mixed race, it's like, all right, yeah, I definitely loved Bruce Lee growing up, but then there's some parts of me that didn't feel represented. And I loved, um, you know, other movies and this and that. But I will say one of my favorite movies growing up, because uh, I love soccer, I played, uh, or f football, I loved playing um, since I could walk. Like that was, um, I was an actor and I was a soccer player. Um, and uh, and one of my favorite movies growing up was Goal. Uh, I don't know if anyone's ever seen yeah. that movie, but yeah. uh, oh my gosh, it's about, uh, this guy Santiago, Santiago Muñez, who like lives in um, Los Angeles, and he's uh, he's Latino. He's in um, his family came from Mexico, and uh, you know he just is a normal guy, like you know speaking perfect English, just grown up in Los Angeles, and then he gets scouted to play in Europe, and he's just like completely um, in like a you know fish out of water kind of uh, kind of setting, and um, and I think sometimes I just really identified as that as as someone being of uh you know very connected to my culture but always feeling like kind of like a fish out of water and isabella what about you what was something that stuck out to represent you i i think i had an interesting uh experience growing up with it because i, I was born in colombia and all of the tv shows were dubbed into spanish and like i said i'm super white passing so people looked and sounded like me. And so it wasn't until I got to the States and really it wasn't until I got on one day at a time and uh, was kindly taken out of my ignorance and <laughs> brought into um, the world um, that I realized that those people were not really representing me in my culture. And it wasn't until I watched Jane the Virgin that I was like, oh my God, <laughs> this is what people mean when they talk about representation. Cause it's one thing to like, relate to whatever the people on TV are going through and one thing to be like, oh, they kind of look like me. But it's another when they like switch into Spanish and you recognize it as your own, like as like what your family does or like even like on our show, we had um, the butter container and we had like ropa vieja in it. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> like, <laughs> that is so like my family. And so it's those little things because I totally agree with Christina that like we can relate to all kinds of TV and it is really weird because um, I don't go up to white actors and go, oh my God, I'm not white, but I love your show. Like people come up to us and go, I'm not Latino, but I love your show. And you're like, what does that even mean? Right. Um, so it's, it's, you can relate to all of it, but it is something really special about 
seeing yourself and the cocos and the in the heights and all of that in the world where you're like this these are my people and it is so excited and you feel so seen when that is also on screen and when you can see other people enjoying it because like as weird as it is when people are like I am not Latinx but I love your show you do get a little thing of pride where you're like I proved you wrong like these people inherently believed that they could not relate to us and that they could not mm -hmm. enjoy our stories and that we were so different from them that there was no way that they would enjoy our shows and so it's a little like win for us to be like exactly you have been lied to and we are just like you except with a little like salsa and sazon on the side. Roman, your character in the soon to premiere CBS comedy Ghost uh, is um, Sassipus, who is an American Indian ghost. Uh, I can't wait for the show. It looks so funny. I'm so excited to, to see you in it. Uh, so as someone who is of indigenous Asian and Mexican heritages, how does it feel to be playing a character from a community that until very recently has gone almost completely unrepresented? It's been quite an incredible ride. So the character is Sasapis. He uh, died in like 1520. He's Lenape um, and because this, this show takes place in the Hudson Valley in New York. And uh, so he died in this area and he's staying here for eternity in this purgatory as a ghost. And uh, I really identify with his character because, you know, he's been away from his people for 500 years and being living with mostly white people and and being disenfranchised from your people your culture your language um and you know i i one of the biggest things that i'm really proud of is like i i'm not putting on an accent like i'm not trying to show that he's this stereotype this archetype like he is he's me he's me kind of you know and um and uh but yeah it's been an interesting journey i'm so proud of playing this character and and i'm really proud of the show like they've brought in a lenape consultant by the name name of joe baker who is a tribal elder and enrolled Delaware tribes of Indians, as well as a native writer by the name of John Timothy, who is Muskogee Creek, amazing writer and uh, comedian. And uh, so having that representation behind the camera makes me feel so safe and like excited. Every day I come to work, I'm not thinking, oh no, I have to be a consultant today. You know, they're gonna ask me a question about native, native, uh, you know, culture and this. And I'm like, I'm not a master in any native culture. Like I'm me, I'm, I, I can only, do so much but it's been really nice like i do feel like it's a collaborative um uh set for sure and uh yeah i'm just really excited for the show it, you know we're shooting in montreal up here and uh, i'm actually uh on a little vacation in quebec city so it's uh it's been a dream man it's been a dream come true and it's funny like when we had our last interview like this was all kind of like up in the air about what's going to happen and now now we're here and it's uh it's been really exciting it's a it's a it's definitely a dream come true i'm so excited and and to hear that you have that representation behind the camera is amazing and it i i can't wait it's it's really really amazing that a you know a primetime network is sort of going in that direction because in the past it's been sort of the streamers that have been a little bit more progressive but now you've got the other networks catching up and that's amazing you know better better late than never right <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And I, I, you know, I think it's going to be interesting for audiences to see like this character who looks kind of like a generic, like native character in uh, John Wayne films and stuff like that. But then he talks like this and he's like, you know, screw you. I don't like you. You know, it's just like very like three dimensional. He's kind of a whiny little kid at times. And it's it's uh, it's been really fun to play. And I just I, I really feel like this character is like commentary on native representation in film and TV of like mm. being stuck in these costumes and being stuck in the past. 
but then showing people like, no, we're here. We're here in the 21st century. We speak exactly like you do. And, um, you know, we're here to stay. Now, Cristina, the majority of your past work has been throughout the Mexican film and TV industries, where obviously uh, Mexican representation is all you see because that content is meant for that audience. And now that you've established a career in the U.S., what have you noticed in the differences between how Latinx are portrayed here as opposed to in Mexico? Well, here in the States, we you just have the stereotypical what they think we are, you know, like you have, I mean, it's changing. I'm, I'm lying. It's changing. It's now finally changing, but um, it used to be only uh, the janitors, the cleaning lady, the poor people, the immigrant, you know, like it used to be only that. And little by little, the, the industry is changing. Um, and in Mexico, obviously for, I mean, I guess Isabella and, and, and Gabriela, I, they've seen Mexican films and it's like the opposite, you know, like what, what we do in Mexico, is clearly the opposite. We, we do films about rich people. So we, we don't have a, a middle, a middle ground in Mexico either. So we, we either do the stories of uh, immigrants or we do the stories of rich people, but we don't tell the stories of middle-class people in Mexico. And here in the States, it's only about stories about poor people. So we, we have a, we have a huge gap in both countries, I guess. Yeah. It's interesting. You say that, um, you know, uh, often the, the characters that are any new show that usually comes about is either about the working class, like one day at a time comes to mind, just like your sort of modern small family in the, in the city or, yeah. um, or they're usually immigrant characters yes. or drug traffickers, or, you know, you've got the whole narcos franchise and all the spinoffs and all that kind of type of stuff. Um, but there are no, or there have been, you know, characters that were doctors, but there's never like a show about sort of that whole aspect. Um, but, you know, like we were saying before, the needle's definitely moving in the right direction, just not as quickly as we'd all hope. But thankfully that representation is becoming more meaningful and not just checking a box. Like, okay, we have our Latino in our ensemble check. It's like, nope, we're going to tell a meaningful story about this person and how, like we were saying before, how the culture is relatable to everyone and how we all go through the same problems. Like one of the big issues, I think it's that Latinos, we, we tend to separate ourselves and be like, oh, you're the Mexican, you're the Colombian, you're the Argentinian, you're the, and instead of like coming together as a group and be like, you know what, we're just going to do it. We're going to nail it. We're going to come together as a, as a community. And I think the moment we do that, then we're just going to take the industry and it's going to be us all over the place, I think. Yeah, I think that's why the movie and, and the musical, obviously, before that, In the Heights was so impactful because it wasn't just about, it was about a whole community of people. It was about the Dominicans and Puerto Ricans and Mexicans and, and all these different people in this one neighborhood. And it wasn't just like, you know, this is the, this is the Ecuadorian story. This is the Dominican story. It's like, sure, like these characters are from all different backgrounds, all different shades of, of skin, because like we said before, Latinos come from every corner of the earth. We've all somehow ended up coming from everywhere. Um, and hopefully more impactful projects like that, that can sort of broadly uh, represent us, but also still have these little nuances from each community, the accents, the dialects, the customs, and all of that can definitely change. 
Uh, so some of you have been part of projects that have led the charge for LGBTQ plus representation within the Latinx community. Uh, Isabella Gomez played the adorable Elena in One Day at a Time who had a non-binary significant other. Uh, Isabella, what was the experience like for you getting to share these storylines with audiences from coming out to educating audiences about the non-binary community? I mean, the whole show was a dream. Like I always say as actors, and I think especially as Latinx actors, we were so taught, like, put your head down and if you get a role, you're lucky and like, that's it. And so to be on a show that not only uh, represented the Latinx culture, but also all of these other aspects and had us have conversations about so many things that are important that families in the States are actually talking about right now that you don't usually see on TV was the coolest, the best. I, I as an actor, I felt so fulfilled. As a human, I felt so fulfilled. Um, and it was really, really powerful because I kind of grew up alongside Elena in a way. Like I got cast when I was 18. And so I was able to be shaped by Elena and by Norman Lear and by Gloria Calderon Kellett and by Rita Moreno and Justina Machado and all of these incredible people who had a hand in her story. And so, you know, a lot of people are always like, how was the pressure and how whatever, but I, of course I felt pressure and I understand the weight of her and I understand how much she means to people for so many reasons. But I always felt so like, I had hands to hold on to and you know kind of like what Roman was saying like we are our, our writers room was so diverse and everybody behind the scenes was so diverse that like it wasn't like I needed to come up with Elena Elena was presented to me and I was the vessel that got to like play with her but she came to me fully formed layered and and like a badass part in my French and so I I had the best time I miss that show every day I, I I miss that show so much it really was so impactful for so many people whether they're part of just the Latina community if they were part of the LGBTQ plus community if they were a little brother or an abuela or the nosy neighbor everyone you know there was something for everyone in it um, and, you know, with COVID, it, it brought down a lot of different projects. So um, I really do miss it. Um, but we've got your new project to, to look forward to, Head of the Class on HBO Max coming later this year. Um, so, yeah, very excited for that as well. And Gabriela, you created the Untitled Women's Project, an organization led by Black and Brown women to uplift the underrepresented women in the industry. Uh, what can you share about the organization and, and what it means to you? Yeah, the organization was founded by a group of women in our industry who wanted to find new ways to connect, network, and support one another. Because essentially, you know, as one rises, the way to, you know, bring in the rest of the community is to allow them to rise with you and support each other and hire each other. And we wanted to create a space where we could all kind of come together and do just that. And so we put on events uh, in Los Angeles throughout the year prior to the pandemic. And um, yeah, it's just been a really wonderful network to be able to reach out to and to have really important conversations that I feel like, especially as actors, it's, uh, we don't always get opportunities to communicate. Like it can be a very lonely journey a lot of the time. And so having that network to reach out to and not just of actors, of producers, of writers, of people that are really making incredible projects um, has been just really invaluable. I wanted to add though, um, I think I cried every episode of One Day at a Time. Like I, <laughs> I and, and I would add that uh, I think that I identify with some kind of like um, mesh of Elena and uh, Penelope 
because I'm a millennial. So it's like the Gen X, the Gen Z, and I was like somewhere in between. So every time I would watch and listen to their conversations and I'm like, I feel like I'm, I'm was right there with you guys and just, um, yeah, it was just a great Thank show. Thank you. I mean, our writers, man, our writers were seriously incredible. I was like, the perspective. Every time though, it's like pulling on my heartstrings. So good. We said it's a sitcom um, where you cry. Every, yeah. <laughs> but uh, on the show that I'm producing now, Radar 2021, it's been a, a really great opportunity to showcase all of the diversity of our community including very much so the LGBTQ plus uh, community. I think almost all of our producers and creators identify as LGBTQ plus. And not only that, we run the spectrum of uh, El Salvador, Nicaragua, Mexico, Jamaica. We have contributors, we have a Haitian contributor. So, and, and it should never fall. And I'm the host of the show as well. And I, I'm, I'm the writer of the show. And I would never dare to take the responsibility of speaking for or at our community because it is so diverse. So the great thing about our show is that it allows us to bring in all these, all this incredible talent and all this incredible, uh, just different cultural perspectives. So I, 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 I'd like to think that if Elena grew up, she would be the executive producer of our show. Yes, I love it. <laughs> We cover a lot of uh, issues revolving around social justice and she's such a like warrior and an idealist. Um, so yeah, it's been a great, it's been a great opportunity. And a final question for uh, everyone as we wrap up our roundtable today. If you had the opportunity to go back and give some advice to your 13 year old you, what would you say? Um, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to take it first because I feel like this is like what I've been learning in my twenties. What's really fun about being in your early twenties is, you know, how they tell you like teenagers think they know everything. And when they tell you that as a teenager, you're like, but I do know everything is the problem. And then you turn 20 and I don't know what magic happens and you go, oh my God, I know nothing at all. It's amazing. I literally know less than nothing. Um, but I think like the biggest Dude, it's frustrating. <laughs> um, but I think I would tell 13-year-old me that um, I need to just fully be myself. I think especially in this industry, there is so much politics that goes along with it and you need to be marketable and you need to be likable and you need to be like in the middle enough that everybody could relate to you and you need to this and that. And when you go into castings, you need to whatever. And I think you find your people when you are being authentically you and your people can't find you if you're not putting the right vibration out into the universe. And like Gabriela was saying, this is a really lonely journey. And so I think just telling little me, buckle down, be yourself. Cause you're, you're not going to change that much. <laughs> like this is just kind of who you're stuck with. Um, and really embracing that I think would be the biggest thing. Do you mind if I jump in there, Juan, because mine is very similar to Isabella's. I would totally tell my 13 year old self to embrace every part of you, embrace every part of your family, learn more about your family, learn where you come from, learn all the sacrifices that your grandparents, great grandparents, great, great, great grandparents had to go through for you to be here today, for you to pursue a career in acting like what? Um, and uh, I think that was the biggest thing for me, because for a long time, I was, uh, you know, I'd be a chameleon and try to be what other people wanted me to be. 
So like when I was growing up and I was playing soccer a lot, like I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm Mexican. You know, you know, like, like look, 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 I play soccer. I'm Mexican, right? I'm cool, right? Um, and then when I started doing martial arts, I was like, no, 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 I'm Asian. Yo, guys, I'm Asian. What are you talking about? You know, and then and then just like trying to be such a chameleon to the point, I'm like, what am I doing? Every time I'm trying so hard to be one thing of me, I'm suppressing so many other aspects of my life versus just being being all of me, you know, embracing every aspect of my life and and also, you know, being honest with myself about being American. I think that's been a real real um difficult road and i'm still on a strange strange path of accepting and 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 really honoring what that means um what it means to be american and uh so i think i would just really tell myself to just embrace every part of you you know don't be ashamed of it because your ancestors are badass your ancestors did so much incredible stuff for you to be here and just be proud of that and Christina, what about you? What advice would you give to your 13-year-old self? Uh, I, would, I would say the same thing that I said to myself when I was 13. Honestly, I, I, I knew that I wanted to be an actress when I was 12. And I came to my parents and I told them that I wanted to be an actress. And they laughed at me really hard, thinking that I was joking. And so I kept telling them every year, I'm going to New York and study acting. And <laughs> laughing at me. <laughs> And I went to New York and I studied acting. I got a scholarship and I did it and I, I found my way to the industry. And uh, so I would tell myself again, just believe in yourself, believe in your dreams, fight for them. You're going to hear a bunch of no's. You're going to meet a bunch of people who are bad, but you're going to meet an amazing, I mean, you're going to meet amazing people too. And those are the ones who you got to stick to them and just got to pay attention to them and listen to them and follow them and and never lose yourself you just always be you always believe in you and and be patient because life in this career especially is about patience and and yeah that's what i would say to my towns and gabriela what about you um don't try to be perfect <laughs> you're not you never will be and uh fail a lot and get used to it and um, I think just know that the difficult road ahead is usually the one worth taking. Um, I've had to create my own path. Uh, I had to create something that wasn't there. And I think the opportunity, and I think I go back to like, yeah, this is the best time to be a Latinx actor because I look at it and I have to um, as an opportunity to be a pioneer, to be the ones who really create the space and we're all getting that opportunity to do that and I think I see that as an honor and yes you know one day off in the future we're not going to have to make it all about our Latinx identity um we're not really going to be as conscious of that right we're just there to tell stories just like any other creator but I think right now we're we're thrust into this position where that's a part of us um that the world is now more open to seeing and embracing. And as long as we can embrace it within ourselves and be authentic with it, uh, I think it's, I think we're going to continue to create really beautiful stories. Amazing. Thank you all so, so much for joining us today for our very first Latinx actors Roundtable in honor of Hispanic heritage month. Thank you to all of our listeners. 
don't forget to head to mediavillage.com to explore all of our other content and don't miss all of these wonderful stars and their upcoming projects. Head of class on HBO Max with Isabella Gomez. No one gets out alive on Netflix with Cristina Rodlo. Radar 2021 on Telemundo with Gabriela Fresques and Ghosts on CBS with Roman Zaragoza. I'm Honey Ala, and you're listening to Multicultural TV Talk.